AJ, he's doing pretty good for a guy who just had a root canal, amen. Uh, you couldn't tell it. Those Army guys are uh, tough to keep down, but uh, good to have him tonight. I wasn't sure he was going to be able to make it after having a little bit of dental work, but good to have him. Good to have you tonight. Looking over my list right quick, I want to give you a couple of updates I just got today. Brother Kevin Keto texted me a moment ago. He says, Mom and baby are doing well. And so you pray for them. He said, we probably won't make it tonight. I said, well, you don't have to rush back, amen. Uh, but you pray for them as they're at home recovering. Thank the Lord for a safe delivery there. And uh, I thank the Lord. Uh, my dad is doing well after his surgery. Uh, had it right there. I had that skin cancer cut out uh, there. I think he got a little bit of a free facelift. Uh, I was looking at him today. It's kind of tightened up up there. And uh, so uh, he's looking sharp. He's got one eyebrow a little higher than the other now. And uh, so he always looks like he might be up to something, you know, got that sinister look. Uh, kids, you get to see him at camp, and he's watching tonight. They're down there at camp. I may have a little trouble when I get down there this evening, uh, but uh, thank the Lord he's doing well. I like to give praises when we can. Uh, also, the Sanders, uh, their little boy, I got to go home yesterday. Thank the Lord for that. Pray for him as he recovers uh, from the pneumonia that he has there, and they're so appreciative of the prayers, as all of our people are. The Bakers made it safely uh, to Texas. Continue to remember them as they're visiting some family. Miss Laura's dad having a little cancer battle there, and they went to see them. So thank the Lord for answered prayer. It's always good to see that. Uh, our family has started this year. Uh, our family has started a, a, a family prayer journal together. Uh, I have some, and I'm sure my wife and daughter do there separately. Uh, but this year in our family devotion time, we're having our own prayer journal as we can look back throughout 2024 and see where God has answered prayer. And I want to encourage you to do that in this upcoming year. Uh, maybe even take your daily Bible reading calendar. I hope you're using yours uh, already. And just write down some prayer requests in there. That way you can look back in the year, maybe in the blank spaces of the dates, and see what God has done. Uh, as a matter of fact, our young people, we're taking a prayer calendar for all of our young people at teen camp uh, this year. We're going to prime the pump a little bit uh, while we're down at winter retreat, helping them get in the habit uh, of studying their Bible regularly and reading through it in a year. Uh, but I also want to help them with their prayer life down there this week uh, and keep track of what God has done. Amen. Uh, let's take our Bibles out. <coughs> Excuse me. I do apologize for the little bit of the Donald Duck raspiness of my voice. It is just the way it is. I, I haven't been hollering at anybody lately. Uh, I haven't been doing a whole lot of talking lately, believe it or not. Uh, but it is still kind of raspy. But uh, couldn't miss preaching on the first service of 2024. Now, once you take your Bibles and turn to the easiest, in my opinion, easiest verse in all of the Bible to find, Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. If you want to go ahead and be turning there. <coughs> Excuse me. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. Do you want to remind you, don't forget about Vision Sunday, January the 14th, and then our revival will kick off one week later, January the 21st, looking forward to a wonderful, wonderful start to our year this year. <coughs> Excuse me. Genesis chapter 1. If you're there, let's stand together. Uh, you could probably quote this one. I know a lot of lost people that can quote this one, uh, but I believe the Lord's got something good for us here tonight. Beginning of our year, beginning of our Bible, and if you are reading through your Bible through your calendar, you crossed this just the other day. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That's all we'll have time for tonight. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless it. Father, I do thank you for the privilege to start our year, or the first service of this new year, Lord, in your house. Thank you for our people that were able to make it. I do thank you for those that are tuning in. I pray you unite our hearts 
tonight, Lord, this first night, we get off to a good start gathered around your word. I pray that you'd be with those many requests. Lord, I thank you for the answered prayers, and I pray that you'd bless the time that we have tonight, that it'd be fruitful and productive for us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <coughs> what is that? You may need to give me a bottle of water out of that drawer. Oh, you did all right. Look at you. My goodness. Gracious, he could have stole my wallet, and I never would have known that. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, we know this very well. We know how things end, do we not? We know that as God begins to create this wonderful world that we live in, this wonderful planet that we live on, we know what the end of his creation was going to be, a world that we cannot imagine, all right? We've all been to beautiful places in this country, I'm sure. Uh, there's pretty places in Mississippi now. I know that we put down on our state from time to time. Uh, we don't have the Rockies or the Smokies, and we don't have the crystal clear waters down there uh, in the Gulf, uh, but we do have a beautiful state, and I'm thankful for it. We have beautiful trees and flowers around here, but there is nothing that we can view, in my opinion, on planet Earth today that can ever come close to what he was about to create right then. Uh, only heaven will reveal what that was like. I don't know if the Lord will reveal that to us, <coughs> excuse me, or in our understanding we will understand that. Uh, but what he was creating was something beautiful. It was miraculous. It was perfect. But notice, it didn't start that way, did it? If you notice in Genesis 1-1, or Genesis 1-2, the Bible says the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So we notice what it would become is not what it was then, and how it began would ultimately change many times over to become what God would desire that it would be. Now, I want you to think about this day, this night, this week, if we could, a lot like the earth in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, that maybe right now our year has not taken shape yet, has it? It's without form. We're not exactly sure how it's going to turn out. Uh, I'm thankful I don't know the future, don't you? I have enough anxiety about the things I can imagine uh, I don't need the anxiety about things that I do know about, amen? I'd rather just be caught by surprise. You know, please just shoot me in the back. I'd rather that happen. Uh, that way I don't see it coming, amen? Uh, we don't know what this year is going to hold, and we're much like verse number two, without form, void, maybe darkness. You don't see yet what this year is going to become. And yet we knew it was going to become something good. Why? Because it was of God. We know that what God was working on, we know the, we can read in hindsight that it was going to be a perfect world, where not only the surroundings were perfect, but man's relationship with God was perfect, where man would have a close walk with God and a close relationship with God. Now, we know that's how it's going to end. We know that God had great plans and what he was going to do, but we notice that's not how it began. Notice verse 1, in the beginning... God created the heaven and the earth. So in order for it to become what God desired for it to become, God was going to have to take it from where it was to where he desired it be. Now folks, let that sink in a little bit tonight. First service of 2024. Right now we're looking at a year that is without form. Uh, there's a void there. You're not exactly sure how this year is going to end. <laughs> if it follows the pattern last year, some of you will have a baby in 2024. All right, now I'm looking at your, some of your faces and you're like, uh, no, that's not going to be us. Well, most likely not majority of you, okay? But somebody probably will. I mean, last year we had a whole crop come in. Uh, we got one still coming in, amen? Thank the Lord for that. 
Uh, some of you, listen, you may change jobs. Some of you may have uh, a change in your health. Uh, some of you, young people, you may hit a growth spurt. Amen, Liam? It's coming, buddy. Liam's looking up here like, no, it's not going to happen. All right. Hey, you never know. Hey, you're like, the, you're like the earth here. You might look at it and think that's not going to happen, and yet God would create a perfect world out of nothing. God would take something little. I love the song. I used to sing it at my dad's church years ago. Little is much when God is in it. Amen. That God can take something that is void and without form, and maybe there's darkness shrouding it right now, and <coughs> excuse me, God can take and make something wonderful out of that. So here's what I want to apply tonight to our first service of the year. I want you to look at those first three words of verse 1, in the beginning. Here we are tonight in the beginning of a new year, uh, and I want to look at what we need to learn in our beginning. That's the message tonight, in our beginning. Here we are beginning a new year, and right now that year has not taken shape yet. Right now there's voids in that year. We don't know what God's going to fill the voids with. Right now, there's darkness shrouding what that's going to look like. We can't see it yet. And yet, I believe there are some principles right here in verse 1, in verse number 2, that will help us in our beginning. There's three things we're going to need. Now, I want you to look. I don't want you to overlook the obvious tonight. Right there in verse 1, this is very simple. The Bible says, in the beginning, what? <clears throat> God. In the beginning, God. Don't overlook the obvious here. Now, we know the product, Correct? A beautiful, perfect, miraculous creation. We know that's the product, all right? We've read the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. And we know what it's going to turn out to be. But can I tell you, the end product is a direct result of God's presence at the beginning. Notice, in the beginning, God. Number one tonight what we see right here in the beginning of what was going to be God's perfect creation, notice we have the presence of God. The presence of God. Now hear me out tonight. None of what would be in Genesis 1 would have ever been without God's presence. God had to be in the middle of it. Without God's presence, can I tell you what the world would have looked like? Verse 2. Without form, void, and darkness. That's why Matthew 19, the Bible says that with man it's impossible, and yet with God all things are possible. Have you ever looked at a situation that hasn't taken shape yet? Maybe there's void. Maybe there's darkness, and you can't figure out what's going to become of something. Listen to me. I faced many of those in my life. I remember looking at my daughter when she was born almost 17 years ago. Here's this little kid, you know, and I wonder, what is she going to be? What is she going to grow up to do? I always figured she'd be tall. Sorry. You should have ate more vegetables. Those chicken nuggets from McDonald's just not going to do it. I, I wondered if she would play basketball, you know. I love basketball. I wonder, and I looked at this little child, and I, I wondered, what is she going to do? What is she going to be like? Is she going to look like me or look like her mother? And I just prayed she'd look like her mother. Amen? Because you don't want a girl looking like me whatsoever, right? Or for sure she would never get married, and maybe that would have benefited me if she looked more like me. I could have kept her longer in the household. But then I, I looked at her, and I began to wonder, what is she going to be? What is she going to do? Man, I, I, can, I can guarantee you something. 
even though we look at something and we don't know how it's going to end and what's going to turn out to be, I promise you, you will not make anything better out of it than can be made out of it when God's presence is right there in the middle of it. Can I encourage you on something tonight? That right here in the first service of 2024, that each and every one of us that are here and watching online, that all of us make up our mind that God's presence is going to be at the center of all that we do this year. That God's presence will be at the center of our home. That God's presence is going to be at the center of our thoughts. That God's presence will be at the center of our decisions, at the center of what we say. Why? Because only when God's presence is there are we assured of what the outcome is going to be. It may look void without form and in darkness, and yet with God all things are possible. I want you to think about this tonight. You think about Moses' staff. Moses' staff was just a dead stick. Until God got in the middle of it. Until God got in the middle of it. I want you to think tonight about Moses himself. Moses was just a shepherd on the run until God got in the middle of his life. And that man whose life, I am sure as Moses led those sheep on the backside of the desert. You know, his life seems pretty vanilla. I'm just a shepherd on the backside of the desert leading these sheep. Nothing special about that. Not a whole lot of special form or purpose about it. And yet when God's presence showed up in Moses' life, he would go on to become the deliverer. I want you to think about Gideon's army. Gideon's army went from 30,000 down to about 300 people. And you're looking at that army now. Can I tell you what that army is outside of the presence of God? Dead on arrival. 300 versus a countless host, they're dead on arrival. They are target practice for the enemy. That's what they are before God showed up. And when God's presence showed up amongst that 300 ragtag men army, suddenly something wonderful happened. What happened? It was the presence of God. David was just a kid until God showed up. The disciples were just fishermen until God showed up. Folks, can I encourage you something tonight? In our beginning, can you ask the question tonight, is the presence of God in my home and in my heart and in my mind, is that a priority tonight? Is it a priority tonight that God's presence supersede everything in my life and that in my life God's pre- everything else revolves around God's presence? I don't know. How, how things work at your home, but oftentimes God's presence in my home sometimes gets dislodged. Sometimes in my heart, God's presence, you say, wait, how could you do that as a pastor? Well, it's because I'm a human pastor. And suddenly I find my life not revolving around God, I find my life revolving around what I think. I find my life revolving around what I want and what I desire. That's when things get all wacky. When God is not the center of our universe. Now listen to me. There is no better product that can come of your life than for your life to be centered around the presence of God. 
There's nothing that can better turn out. I was in Dollar General today, left out of the house this morning, getting some supplies for camp and get ready to go down to the camp this afternoon and was in line with someone at Dollar General. I got to witness to the lady for a few minutes and a very kind lady, very sweet lady, very receptive. And I always like running into those, don't you? Amen. Uh, we're standing in line and while she's talking to the lady behind the counter, they're talking about the economy, how tough things were. And she says, I'll tell you one thing, the Lord's going to have to do something. And the Lord's just going to have to get involved. And the Lord's just going to have to do this. And the Lord's just going to have to do that. Number one, I'm thankful the Lord can. Number two, I'm thankful the Lord wants to. Aren't you? I mean, if I'm God, I probably wouldn't want to be involved with Jeremiah Andrews. And yet I have a loving father who has unconditional love for me. And God wants to be a part of my life. But wait a minute. As that lady began to talk, saying the Lord's going to have to do this. The Lord's going to have to do that. And the Lord's going to have to make it happen. I'm thankful God can and God desires to. But watch this. You can't have God's product without God's presence. There's a big difference there. Everybody wants God. Boy, the Lord's going to have to do this. And the Lord's going to have to show up. And the Lord's going to have to make it happen. Hey, thank God he can. Thank God he wants to. I mean, God wants to help us figure out the mess of our life. God wants to. But you can't have God's product without God's presence. Now watch, a lot of times our life looks like verse 2, doesn't it? Without form, void, and dark. And we're thinking to ourselves, God, would you just fix this? God, could you just put, you know, could you just work all of this out? But here's the problem. We don't want God's presence in our life. We just want God's product in our life, right? God, I just need you. God, could you just come down here and fix this and then go back up there and leave me alone? Now, we'd never say that. Why? Because we're too smart. You're Wednesday night Christians, all right? You're smarter than the average bear. You're sharper, all right? You're never going to say, God, could you come down and fix my mess and then go back up to heaven and let me have it from there? No, 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 no. You know better than that. But is that not what we think? Is that not how we live? We do not desire the presence of God, but wait a minute. In order to go from without form, void, and darkness... To what was going to be, it required the very presence of God. In the beginning, God. Here we are, our first Wednesday night. And I'm thankful. Uh, nothing about Sunday. I love Sunday. I'm thankful for Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. But boy, there's something sweet about Wednesday nights. It's a cold Wednesday night. You could have stayed home. You're here. What a sweet opportunity to start our year, watch, with the presence of God. In our beginning, can we make sure God is right there in the middle of what we're trying to do? Unfortunately, a lot of times we view the presence of God as, it's like things we cook with. Uh, my wife will get these boxes, the UPS guy will bring these little boxes of food to our door and boom, he just throws them out there and uh, he's busy, so he's got a lot going on. He's boom, And inside there's all these fresh vegetables and all kinds of little things to cook. HelloFresh is what it's called, right? They'll send us a deal for these free meals, and my wife will get them. She's, she knows how to work all that. and uh, So she'll let me cook one every once in a while. I said, hey, let me cook that. Let me cook that. You know, you watch Food Network, you want to get it on the action, all right? So I'll get in there, and I, wanna, I want to, you know, I want to zest a lemon. I don't know why, but that looks fun. And, uh, so we'll be in there in the kitchen, and as I'm reading it, there's some terms that I've come to learn while I've been cooking. One is a dash. Two is a drizzle. Not two things that I knew a lot about before I started cooking. A dash is just a, I don't know exactly how much it is, but it's just a, you know, just a little bit. That Brother Michael can tell you, he's a culinary artist. And then a drizzle is just a drizzle. 
all right? It's always a drizzle of olive oil, always a drizzle of olive oil. And uh, I, I go heavy on the olive oil. My wife showed me how expensive that was, so now I know what a drizzle is uh, to put that in there, you know. Just a little bit of a drizzle in there. It's not the main ingredient. It's just a drizzle or just a dash. And sometimes we view the presence of God that way, just a dash or a drizzle. I just need some of God in my life, just a dash of God here and a drizzle of God there. Oh, no, that's not what he's talking about here. What he's talking about, that when God was there and his presence was there, everything was revolving around God. A lot of times we think of it like the sun. You know, for a long time man thought that everything revolved around the earth. That's just like man, isn't it? To think that everything revolves around us, it does not. And yet we come to find out that everything revolves around the sun. And boy, you do a little study on that. There's something amazing about the gravitational pull of the sun. That it's the gravitational pull of the sun that holds all the other planets in their places. The asteroids, the comets, meteors, all of those things that are up there, they're held in their place by rotating around the sun. It's the gravitational force of the sun that keeps them in their place. That's the way God should be. God must be our sun. God must be the center of our universe because let me tell you something, when he's not the center, everything gets out of whack. Everything flies off into the universe. And yet how often is the presence of God not something that we covet in our lives? Can I encourage you with something tonight? In the beginning, God. In the beginning of our year, let's make sure the presence of God is where it needs to be. Now, before you leave here discouraged, you think, well, the pastor just shot my year down the tubes. I'm going to have to be a holy roller Christian all year. I'm going to have to walk around saying, bless your heart and God bless you and all that all the time. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Can I tell you, the presence of God in your life is not a bad thing. The presence of God in your life, if you really understood what God desires to bring to your life. Oh, listen, you'd beg God to stay there. I want you to think about the children of Israel tonight when they left Egypt. They had the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And you think about that very presence of God. That's what that was, the presence of God. You think about what God brought to the equation just by him being there. God provided protection for them. That wall of fire would come between them and the army that was pursuing them. Boy, that was just, what a blessing the presence of God was to them. And then God made sure that they had manna from heaven. God made sure they had water out of the rock. I mean, God just took care of everything when he was at the center of all of it. You look at how they would lay out the camps as they were traveling there and setting up their tents. Oh, God was just right there in the middle of all of it. Folks, listen to me tonight. In the beginning, in our beginning tonight, we need to make sure we have the presence of God. Can you say this tonight in your heart? In our beginning, God. God's where he needs to be tonight. The presence of God needs to be exactly where God would desire it be, or else I'll tell you, everything's going to get out of whack. Number one, notice the presence of God in the beginning, God. But wait a minute, let's keep reading. In the beginning, God what? Well, in the beginning, God created. So number one tonight, we see the presence of God in the beginning. We need to make sure God's presence is there in the beginning. But then wait a minute, in the beginning, God created. He wasn't just there to make an appearance. Have you ever done that before? I've done it before, I'll be honest with you. I've gone to places just to make an appearance. Now, I know you'd never do that for church, right? 
None of us would ever do that for church. Well, I, I got to go because, you know, they saw me in Walmart 30 minutes ago, so I got to be there tonight. I know you would never do that, but look, there are people who do that. Not Wednesday night people, okay, but there's people who would do that. God is not just there in the beginning to make an appearance. Now watch. Don't just say, well, you know what, I want God to be part of my year as window dressing. No, watch, God wants to do something. In the beginning, God, there's his presence, but notice there's a verb after that. God desires to do something while he's there. In the beginning, God created. That means in his presence also comes number two, the purpose of God. In our beginning, we need to make sure we have the presence of God. Number two, we need to make sure... We seek the purpose of God. Can I ask you this tonight? In the beginning of our year, what are you going to let God do this year? In the beginning of our year, what are you going to let God do this year? What are you going to give God the freedom to do in your life, your heart, and your mind, your home? You know, at the invitation time tonight, we're going to pray for our kids, our teenagers going down to camp. And looking forward to a great time. And a lot of work's gone into that. We're looking forward to a great time with them and going to have some fun with them. And we're going to pray God works in their life. And how easy it is for us older people, older than them. Boy, God work in their life, God work in their life, God work in their life. How often do we yield ourselves for God to work in our life? Can I ask you, are you open to God changing your mind this year? Are you open to God changing your mind? A lot of times we make up our mind of what we're going to do in the new year. Well, my New Year's resolution, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be a part of this, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to have that. Are you open for God to change your mind? Because watch, if you're saved, it's not your mind to be made up anyway. No, you're not. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. Why? It's His. My mind is His. You know, there will be days I get up in the morning and I have a plan of what I'm going to do. I have a schedule made out the day before, what I need to do. I have a schedule for the week, schedule for the month. Got a lot of things to take care of. And I wake up and God has the audacity to want to change my plans. I think, Lord, don't you know I have important stuff to do? No, I don't say that, but I think that in my heart. God, I have things to do. I don't have time to go do this right now. Can I tell you, they're really not my plans to begin with. They're God's. They belong to God. Are you open this year, watch this, for God to yield his purpose in your life? Now watch, we want God's presence. But wait a minute, God's presence is not going to come without God's purpose. God is not going to be a piece of furniture in your life. You come back to my office, uh, I have a lot of things. People ask, why are they there? Uh, I have on the right side uh, behind my desk, I have a frying pan. And I love food, okay, so that shouldn't surprise you that I have a frying pan in my office. People say, what do you do with it? Do you cook with it? No, it's just there. Long story how I got the frying pan, really neat story, fun story, uh, and I just sit there and look at it. You look around, I have other things in my office, you know. I even have, a, I showed the kids the other day, I have a desktop cannon in my office, no joke, a real live desktop cannon. It takes gunpowder and fuses, and it has little ball-bearing bullets. I'm going to start using that as a timer. Sometimes when I'm in my office in meetings, I'm going to light the, I'm going to say, you have a, you have a 30 minute fuse? And then after that, it goes off. You know, do I ever use it? No, I, I really, I, I've only fired it twice and I haven't fired it since I moved here. It's just there and it's just neat to look at. Oftentimes we relegate God to some of the junk we have in our life. We want the presence of it, but we don't want to have any usefulness from it. God is not going to be window dressing to our lives, folks. 
God is not just going to be a piece of furniture that we have in our life and we never use it. I mean, I had a great aunt. I love her to death. She's in heaven now. And she had a house that looked like it was out of the Gilded Age. You know, like the golden frames. I mean, she had the fine china and she had the crystal and the china cabinets. I mean, it was, and you walked in and mom had already schooled us, don't touch anything. I don't even know that we could, I don't know that I ever sat down on her couch. We just kind of stood in the middle of the room. We just stood there. It was really, it was a beautiful home and, and she wanted to take care of it and thank God for that and God had blessed her with nice stuff. But man, you didn't use any of it. You just looked at it. And sometimes that's the way God is. In our life, we want the presence of God in our life, but wait a minute, God's not coming in and just sitting still. In the beginning, God, there's his presence, but notice what his presence brought with it. It brought a purpose with it. Now, folks, listen to me. Could it be tonight that our lives haven't taken shape yet? What does verse 2 say? Without form. Could it be there are voids in our life? There's darkness shrouding parts of our life. Not because God doesn't want to do something, but because we're not letting God do something. Notice his presence brings an action, a purpose. What was the purpose? God wanted to create something. Now, does it ever just make you want to sit back and marvel at God that he wants to make something of us? We were down at the camp a little while ago, getting things together. Looked over the list, kids that are coming. Start praying for the kids that are coming. I remember a 15-year-old kid going to a kind of a camp. And I went there excited about going. I liked being around Christian young people when I was a young person. Uh, excited about getting to be a part of whatever was there. I had no idea God was going to call me to preach that night. No idea. Man, I remember just a few nights into the camp on a Thursday. Boy, the Holy Spirit of God got a hold of my heart, made it so clear. Went down, got on the left side of the altar there, Maranatha Missions Haven, Natchez, Mississippi. And boy, God began to do a work in my life. And boy, I'm thankful he didn't stop. He's still working. He's trying to get me where I need to be. Amen. He's still working on me. Folks, can I tell you, down there at camp this week, just got two days. But boy, God could work in those two days, couldn't he? God could work in those two days. Now, folks, listen to me. You say, well, I hope God works in our young people. Hey, would it be great if God worked in our young people while they're at camp and then God worked on mom and dad while they were here? Wouldn't that be wonderful? If all of a sudden God stirred the heart of a young person about his purpose for their life and they come home to mom and dad and say, mom and dad, God stirred my heart. I want to be a part of his purpose in my life. And mom and dad say, wait a minute. While you were gone, God stirred our, our hearts for his purpose in our life. And then suddenly you have a family serving God together. Why? Because they didn't just want the presence of God. In the beginning, they wanted God to create a purpose in their life. Oftentimes, let me tell you what's discouraging. Uh, I don't like being around pessimists. I really don't. I, I'm allergic to them. It makes me want to break out. Break out of here. That's what it makes me want to do. Watch this. In the beginning, God created. Oftentimes, we've already made up our mind at what God is and is not going to do. Look, here we are on a Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Now, look, I, I'm not saying God's going to call anybody to preach tonight, but I just about guarantee you that on your way to church tonight, none of you men, all right, he's not going to call any of you ladies. I'm sorry, all right, but he's just not. You probably do a better job, but he's not. None of you men probably thought, you know, I wonder if the Lord's going Lord's to call me to preach tonight. That probably never crossed anybody's mind. Teenage boys on the front row tonight are thinking, oh no, oh no, I'll be the best thing ever happened to you. Maybe tonight, you know, you come to church and you never thought God was going to work on a Wednesday night. It's a cold Wednesday night. 
You're like, boy, I'm thankful to get to go, but I'm ready to get back home and get, in the, get around the fireplace. Listen to me. Don't go ahead and make up your mind at what God's not going to do this year. Don't go ahead and apply your intellect to what you think God is or isn't going to do. For with God, all things are possible. When God's presence is there, God's purpose is accomplished. And I'll tell you something, God often accomplishes his purpose far outside the imagination of mankind on what we think he can do. I love the quote. We're not sure if it was by Judson or Carey. I've quoted both of them. The future is as bright as the promises of God. The future is as bright as the promises of God. I wonder tonight, what have you already decided God's not going to do? I'd beg you tonight, repent of that. Why? Because in the beginning, God, his presence created. He has a purpose tonight. Let him work his purpose. Here's our problem. Oftentimes, if God's purpose doesn't fit our timetable or our comfort zone, then we take matters into our own hands. That's what we do. When God's purpose, you're like, God, I have waited on you for like 35 minutes, and you have not answered my prayer. Boy, I, I forget who I was talking to the other day. Was it you? I can't remember who I was talking to. I talked to a lot of people. Uh, a lot of times they don't want to talk to me, but I talked to them anyway. I was thinking about old Joshua. Joshua, you read the Bible, says Joshua 1, he was Moses' minister. How long Joshua just had to follow Moses around. Lord, when are you going to give me that promotion? Lord, when are you going to let me take the reins? Lord, when are you going to let me do something? And year after year after year, boy, Joshua just following Moses around, following Moses around. Folks, can I tell you, he makes all things beautiful in his time. His time. Let him work his purpose in this new year. So number one, what do we see? In the beginning, in our beginning, let's make sure God, his presence is there. Number two, let's make sure in the beginning we find God's purpose. I'll tell you, I think about Brother Dombeck often and the ability God's given him. It's a God-given ability to, to paint and to draw uh, and to fish, maybe, Brother Dombeck. Is that a God-given ability? Yeah, amen, amen. He's, he, he's a fisherman and a fisher of men, amen. You ought to get to know Brother Dombeck if you don't know him. Been a blessing, encouragement to me. Uh, I've watched Brother Dombeck do his chalk art before. And I'm sitting there looking, trying to figure out, what are you doing? What is that? It, it looks like a mound of mashed potatoes. And you're thinking, what is he drawing? What is he drawing? And next thing you know, he has the rivers of Babylon, chalk art drawing. And man, I'm glad that I kept tuning in to see what the end of the picture was going to look like. That's what it is for God. God begins doing something in our life. We're like, what is that? Lord, I, I can't recognize it. God, what are you doing? Just hang around. Let God finish what he's doing. He makes all things beautiful in his time. And can I tell you, it may have been without form, void, and dark right now. But oh my soul, in just a few verses time, it will be the most beautiful creation. Why? Because God worked his purpose in what he desired to do. Number one, there's his presence. Can you say that tonight? Number two, there's his purpose. He's created something. Are you allowing God to create something in your life? Jeremiah 29, 11, I love it. I, I know that's a lot of people's life's verse. What did he say? I, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. The thoughts that I think toward you. Now, I love, there's almost a little parenthetical in the middle of that verse where he says, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Why did he put that there? 
We know this is God speaking. God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace, not of evil. How often does Satan taint our minds that God's plans are not going to be enjoyable? I think that's why God put that in the, in the middle of that verse, thoughts of peace, not of evil. But what does the last part of verse 11 say? To give you an expected end. An expected end. What does that mean? I mean, God knows where he's going. God knows what he's doing. And God wants you to know you can expect him to do it. That God says, I know what I'm doing. I love the, the first part says, I know, I know. Don't give up when you don't know. All right? By the way, there's going to be lots of times in your life where you don't know. God, I don't know. I don't know. God says, don't worry. I know. And at the very end, he says, it's an expected end. Because of who he is, it's an expected end. Listen to me, young people, you're going to go down to camp this week. Oh, listen, what if God stirred your heart for the expected end? By the way, mom and dad, when they come home, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, whoever you may be tonight, when those kids come home, you better encourage them about the expected end of the will of God for their life. We don't know what it is. We don't know. You may look at your kid right now, watch this, and you're looking at your kid and you're thinking, they are without form, void, and there's darkness there. Yeah, every once in a while you feel that way, right? You're thinking, my kid has, has no shape in their life. They're void of everything. And I think between their ears, all there is is darkness. You feel that way? All right, I have a teenager, okay? It, it happens. Sometimes you wonder what planet they came from. I'll tell you what planet they came from. They came from me, all right? Uh, that's the reason there's darkness. There's a void there, okay? There's not a whole lot of understanding there. But hang on. Oh, if God could get a hold of an earth, an entire world that was void and darkness without form. If God could take that and work his perfect purpose upon it and it become a beautiful, miraculous creation. I wonder what these kids could be. I wonder. And boy, I pray this week God does something for them. But oh, what a blessing it would be if they came home to a household. The same thing was happening in their heart. I want to close with this tonight. In the beginning, God, there's the presence of God. Created, there's the purpose of God. The heaven and the earth, but wait a minute, verse number two. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, God is working right here in verse one, and God is working in verse two, but God is not done yet, is he? Look down to verse three, and God said, look down, verse six, and God said, Look down to verse 9, and God said, verse 11, God said. Even though he had begun to do a work in verse 1 and verse number 2, he was not done yet. God had a lot more to say about what that creation was going to become. So watch closely. In our beginning, the first service of 2024, there needs to be the presence of God. God, I want you in the middle of it. God, I want you right there in the middle. I want everything to revolve around you. I want my schedule to revolve around you, my thoughts to revolve around you, what I say to revolve around you. I want the presence of God there. And then God, watch this. When your presence is there, I'm going to let you create your purpose in my life. Whatever it is, God, I want you to work, do a work, take it from where it is to where it needs to be. But watch, maybe you're here tonight and God has already started working in your life. Great, I hope he has. I mean, I have enjoyed, I don't know how many times I have, I have read, you know, I mean, these same verses, year in, year out, 
Boy, I sat down the other day, January 1st, started reading. Boy, it's amazing how God begins to feed you with something new, something fresh, out of verses that you've read so many times before. And I, I'm excited about what God is already doing in my life. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you know what we need here in our beginning? Not only do we need the, the presence of God, the purpose of God, number three tonight, we need the perseverance of God. The perseverance of God. Now you say, what do you mean by that? Well, simply this. Don't quit on God. Don't quit on God. Maybe God has done something in your life already in years past, or he's already started to do something in your life this year. Can I tell you, if you look down, once again, verse number 3, verse number 6, verse number 9, verse number 11, God still has a lot to say about who you need to become and who I need to become and who we need to become. Let God continue to have perseverance in your life. Let God continue to work. Never, ever become that Christian who's reached a place to where God cannot continue to change them. The thought of that, can I tell you how I would describe that? That when you get to a place where you are content and you, you're done, you're stopped growing, you're who you're going to be, and God's not going to change you anymore, the word that comes to mind is misery. That's a miserable person who gets to a place that God cannot change them anymore and that God cannot change their heart and their mind and their ideas. They get to a place where they say, God, I'm good where I'm at. You must be miserable. Why? Because, boy, if you stop at verse 2 or verse 3, you're missing out on the best that's yet to come. My human feeble brain tries to picture what Eden must have been like. Anybody ever, ever watch or go hear Kent Hovind back in the uh, 80s and 90s, creation scientist, why I did. Kent Hovind, he came over to uh, Laurel. I went and heard him there. And uh, his son, Eric, I, I, matter of fact, talked to him the other day. Uh, appreciate the ministry they have and all of that up there in, in Kentucky at the Ark. And you see what they, what they want us to, to think that it looked like and what they put their, their science to the test of what it looks like as best they can. But I promise you, we can't come close to what that looked like and what that experience was like right there in the Garden of Eden. But do you know how we got there? Boy, you look over chapter 1, all the way to chapter number 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Do you know where we're at today? We're done. We're done. We're somewhere around verse number 1, verse number 2. We're at the beginning. And right now, the, the year has not taken form yet. There's some voids. And there's some things we're in the dark about. But boy, if we just let God have verse 3, watch, watch. And God said. If we just let God have more say in verse 6 and more say in verse 9 and more say in verse 11. And we just let God keep having his say in verse number 14. We, kept, we let God keep having his say. Verse 20. After a while, we finally get to the place in verse 1 of chapter 2. Thus the heaven and earth were finished and all the host of them. Folks, I, I want to get to my chapter 2 for 2024. I want to get to the place where I see what God had planned tonight. I don't know what it is. I'm in the dark. I'm in the void. I, it hasn't taken form yet in my heart of what God is going to do, but I know the one who's doing the work. And I know we can trust him to do the work. Philippians 1.6, the Bible says we can be confident. Of what? Of the one who's doing the work. The Bible says, being confident 
that, hey, he that's begun a good work in us, what's he going to do? He's going to finish it. He's going to finish it. Oh, listen, don't bail out on God. I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, ever since I was a teenager, I've, I've had, uh, not as nice as this one, but I had a little paper yearly Bible reading charts. Back in, back in the day, all right, uh, somebody asked me, I think it was Miley the other day, asked me what cut and paste, you know, on your computer it says cut and paste. Do you know why it's called that? Because you used to literally cut and paste. I remember my dad's church bulletins. Uh, he had a book and it was clip art because you literally clipped it. My dad would go in there and he'd cut it out and he'd tape the little pieces there in the bulletin and you'd Xerox copy of it. Anybody remember that? And you'd see the little outlines where you cut it out. It was so crude compared to today's technology, okay? And so I remember my little Bible reading chart. It was, a, it was just a one page folded in half. It had little boxes. You'd go in there and you'd check. And boy, I'd do good January, halfway through February. And then I would lose it. Why? Because when I opened it and saw how many white spaces there were there, I was ashamed. It's March or April, and I had done, gotten off my Bible reading. You know, I wonder what I missed out on those, in those years, that I didn't persevere with the Lord. I wonder what I missed out on. Because God had a lot to say beyond verse number two. But boy, we bail out on God. Now, I promise you, he promises us he'll finish the work. Here's the problem. You've got to let him finish the work. Stick with God. Number one, in our beginning, number one, make sure the presence of God is where it needs to be. Is God where he needs to be tonight in our beginning? I'm not saying he's a dash or a drizzle. No, no, he's the centerpiece. Everything revolves. He is the sun. He holds it all together. Number one, the presence of God. Number two, what does God want to create in your life this year? The purpose of God. Are you willing on this first service tonight of 2024 to say, okay, God, I'm willing to let you create. God, you take my void, my formless, dark life, shape it in what you want it to be this year. Will you let God have his purpose in our beginning? Finally, will you allow God to persevere with you and you persevere with him? Would you let God do what he wants to do throughout this year? Right here, right now, in our beginning, what are you going to allow God to do? Where are you going to allow him to be in your life? And what are you going to allow him to accomplish in his purpose this year? Our heads are bowed tonight.